Welcome into the Arts, Culture and Entertainment for Galway City and County. This is Gary McMahon back as ever on a Wednesday night um, on the show tonight. Later on, we will be hearing about love. We couldn't let the day go by and we'll hear about uh, the Grawl Festival, which is, as we speak, uh, downtown in Galway City being launched as we speak. But we'll hear about some of what that's coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll hear um, about a really interesting concert coming up uh, called, uh, t- under the general title of Give Me Just songs of social justice and uh, some of the material that's going to be used on that and uh, we're also um, well looking at amateur dramatics in Galway City and County and I'm delighted to be joined on the line direct direct live as they say from uh, North Galway from Dunmore um, from uh, now remove any thought that you know him as the head of sport in Galway Bay FM and now start thinking of Ollie Turner as uh, the actor Ollie Turner who is joined by the theatre director drama director Philip MacDonald and uh, they are two of the many people involved with, with Dunmore Amateur Dramatics Society and their forthcoming production of The Faith Healer which comes to the Mclally Theatre next week for four nights before it goes on this amazing tour around the country Gentlemen, good evening Hi Gary Good evening Gary And thank you very much for taking the time out from the rehearsal for The Faith Healer um, Faith Healer is a play by, by a classic play at this stage by Brian Freel. It's about the life of faith healer Francis Hardy um, and it's a series of four monologues. Um, it was produced first in 1979 um, written by Freel, uh, but first produced outside of Ireland. The initial kind of out of town tryout per, uh, productions in Boston in the States before it moved to Broadway with uh, James Mason in the role of Frank Hardy or Francis Hardy Uh, um, but it unfortunately closed after 20 uh, performances in on Broadway the first Irish production of it was uh, in uh, the following year um, where it was produced at the Abbey Theatre by the then artistic director of the Abbey, Joe Dowling, and featured Donald McCann, Kate Flynn and John Kavanagh. And that production subsequently went on tour around Ireland. And I, as I was saying to, uh, to Ollie when I was talking to him yesterday, I saw that production uh, in 1980, which remarkably is... Um, Lads, it, that's 34 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... Um, you might know that um, when it was first put on, of course, it was a failure for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of them right. being that James Mason's wife played the place, the part of, of Grace. Uh, when it was a flop and when Freel got home, Joe Dowling tried to persuade him to stage it in Dublin. But he was so stricken by the failure of it that he couldn't, he didn't have the heart for it. But about a week later, uh, he rang Dowling again and said, if you can get Donald McCann to play Frank Hardy, we'll do it. And he did, and the rest was history, and Mm. that's what made the play. It really did, because I still, and as I was saying, and <laughs> no pressure here, Ollie. Um, no. As I was saying to Ollie yesterday when, when we were lining this up, um, I not only remember it from 34 years ago, but it it turned my head completely in terms of, of a lifelong love of theatre ever since and admiration for actors. But, um, Philip, what 
what what made you what caused you to choose to do this with uh, Dunmore uh, with dads which is the, the, your lovely acronym um, yeah, but um, just a just a moment of madness really you know <laughs> we have actors here a few who are bold and brave enough to take on tasks that are perhaps maybe bigger than we should be looking at but we relish that we've taken on someone who'll watch over me by Frank McGuinness we've done the Gigli mm-hmm. concert both very challenging plays particularly for the actors and it requires a level of virtuosity in acting that you won't find everywhere and we're mm-hmm. just blessed at the moment to have a fantastic group so when a play like this comes to your attention and you think of what you've got there it's hard to resist you know the 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 form of the, of the play which is in the in in four monologues de, 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 um, delivered by three actors um francis or frank uh, delivers two of them and then uh, the other two are delivered by uh, the character of grace who is frank's wife and their stage manager teddy um there is before we go into the i suppose in a way the story the narrative of of the theater it's a fairly daunting task, um, Ollie, for, for an actor to take on this part for the simple feat of memory. And how, yeah. you know, kind of, I know this is constantly amazes people. Uh, how do actors remember? Well, they do because they have to. But it is, it is a mammoth uh, memory um, feat uh, to, 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 to learn this play. Yeah, there's no question, because you're talking about probably the guts of 45 minutes for each of the three actors. Now, mine is broken up into two bits, a half an hour and 15 minutes, as you say, mm-hmm. parts one and four. But the physical learning of the lines is interesting. And, and Frank's is particularly challenging because he's obviously uh, a very intelligent man, apart from the fact that he's a faith healer. We're not sure whether or not he's a fraud or an actual faith healer. He's not sure himself, but he's a learned man. And a lot of the language that Frank's uses, he obviously sees himself above the ordinary man and clearly looks down at the people that he tries to cure. But learning a lot of these words that he uses, like, you know, he uses the, he quotes uh, his wife's father or his potential father-in-law. We're never sure whether or not uh, Grace is actually his wife or his mistress, as he tends to call her. But again, that's part of his chauvinism. Um, You know, the father-in-law uses the word chicanery when describing uh, Frank's relationship uh, with his wife. Uh, And so the, the physical learning of the lines, the meaning of the lines, and the understanding of the delivery of those lines, uh, they're they're all separate challenges. But in simple terms, Gary, you just record yourself. You try and record yourself as close to how you'd be delivering the lines Mm -hmm. as you would be in a performance. And literally, every time I get in the car, driving up and down to matches, driving up and down to work, Mm -hmm. I would have that on. And, you know, play it back, get it into the memory, embed it. And then I'm sure there are people at traffic lights in Galway and in Trim for the last (laughs) six months that have been saying, I told you that man was daft. Yeah. when they see me talking out loud to myself reciting lines <laughs> <laughs> the the process of the, the of 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 preparing for this because um obviously it is you, you know kind of you, you still have the day job to go to um Ali and I presume Philip you do as well as do, as do um uh, the other members of the cast um so when did you start this and uh, uh, Philip and when did you you know kind of start coming together in terms of rehearsing well, we started looking at it around August, and uh, some uh, some of the voices are they're fairly neutral 
accents, but there there is uh, there is one accent, a Cockney accent, mm. which wouldn't come naturally to many. And so there was a lot of work to be done that in the initial stages. And once that was brought up to speed, all three actors were full steam ahead. Then, say from September on, yeah. So it's a quite a long September, process. September, you know, kind of here we are in 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 nearly in well, it's halfway through through February. That's yeah, that's a, that's a, a long haul. Yeah, but uh, if you're efficient enough with your time, because it's th- they're all monologues, you don't require to have everybody there. So okay. you can do an awful lot of work in uh, a limited space. Well, of time. I can tell you one thing, Gary. I needed every minute of it. That's for sure. <laughs> and maybe another month or two. Like we're we're putting it on this weekend in Dunmore, and there's no turning back. So yep. in the next, as soon as we sign off on this call in in the next few minutes, we'll be getting ready for a dress rehearsal, and then we're on Friday night in Dunmore and Sunday night, and then we hit the Druid. And I was in there during the week now I know you'd be well versed with the McLally Theatre um, Gary but I've never played there and to get in there with Philip and uh, with Kieran Dowling who's our lighting man uh, it was just almost surreal it was like I don't know what it was like Philip just to get a chance to to be in there and Mm. to stand where so many great proper actors and and, you know drew it themselves and put on so many productions it is quite humbling now the place itself almost lends itself to this place as well you know there's no need for a set it's just it has those old walls that kind of tell their own story as if this was a place where Frank would have brought people and tried to heal them in years gone by Mm. also um the fact that uh, there's a lot of breaking of the fourth wall as it were where the actors are uh, in in parts at least uh, direct, uh, directly addressing the audience so the setup in the Druid is it's virtually like playing a play in the round where you have the audience all around the actors so mm-hmm. it's a unique opportunity for actors to to stand up for 45 minutes and to have an audience right around them. That's right. Well, that's the thing, Gary. See, I'm going to be eyeballing people in yep. the Druid. And, you know, Frank is a particular type of character where he talks about faith healing and uses his hands quite a bit as well. And it can be a bit unnerving for people as well, um, you know, as regards... Is he actually talking to me? And in a lot of it, of course, Frank is talking through people and over people. But a lot of it is certainly pitched at the audience. And so that's part, I suppose, of the learning curve as well, Gary. It's one mm. thing learning your lines. It's another thing then, in fairness to Philip, he's been bringing in people to watch us in rehearsal and for us to pitch lines at specific people parked in different areas of a hall that we'd be putting on the program just to get used to that whole dynamic of of looking at people and delivering the lines to people the 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 premise of the show and I'm I'm not going to do no spoilers here in in terms of 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 plot lines or anything like that but it is as as you know kind of telling a story um, and and telling the, the the story of the life of Francis Hardy of his wife partner Mistress Grace and the stage manager Teddy, as they have toured around, largely in 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 Wales and in Scotland, I think it is mostly. And uh, sorry, go on, Philip. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But they never go to Ireland because Frank is Irish, and he they feel that uh, the Celtic temperament uh, would be more receptive to this type of thing. And uh, of course, later on in the play they do come back to uh, Brian Friel's famous Bally Bag, which mm-hmm. appears in every play that he does practically 
and um, where the, 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 the play takes a, a turn, shall we say. We won't, say, a, any more we won't say any more than that <laughs> the, the, in, term, in terms of doing it. But that's, that's the interesting part about it, though, Gary, is that this play, and it's the genius of, of Friel's writing, and I haven't seen this play, uh, so I'm in the middle of, of doing it, which is great. You're coming at it fresh, so I'm not trying to be a Donald McCann or I'm not trying to be yep. anybody else in yep. the part. But by the same token, it's very interesting for the first time, and we were at this probably, Philip, two months before we got to see each other's performances yeah. of uh, our soliloquies. So you're there and you're kind of going, my God, this is, this is completely different. So you've got three actors playing three different characters telling the same story three different ways. And that's the challenge for the audience is to try and work out, well, who's telling the truth here or whose angle is right? Or maybe all of the angles are right and mm. it's all about perspective. And, and that's the challenge of this play. And isn't that always, not always, but, but frequently... The theme in in a in a Brian Field is um, who's what truth is it? Is, are they telling lies? Are they telling the truth? Well, are they telling their own truth? And that happens to conflict with with your version of the truth, and 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 where it goes, which is perfect for a character like like Francis Hardy, who possibly even doubts his own ability. Um, uh, or you know, kind of as a faith healer, or is it as is as you suggested that the word you use is it chicanery? And yeah, maybe well, the, maybe the Irish will will twig to that chicanery uh, quicker than the Welsh or the Scots. Yeah, well, uh, Brian Freel himself openly admits that although he he won't say that it is autobiographical, but he will admit that it is some kind of metaphor, to use his words, for the life of a writer. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's an interesting take. It's an it's another layer onto to the play. If you if you're watching it with a, a different set of glasses, you know. Um, uh, but it's you know it's it, it's 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 um, you're you're in um, um, and I just just to make sure that I mentioned it's not just uh, Ollie as Francis uh, Hardy, Eleanor Sheridan playing Grace and Martin Silk playing Teddy, um, and you're in the middle. You're in Dunmore this weekend for one night. Yeah, we're in Damore on Friday night and Sunday, and you oh. mentioned Martin and Ellie. I mean, they've been with us since the very start, uh, and Dad's is going back over 20 years now. It was in in the early 2000s we, we formed the group. We did Da first, uh, the Hugh Leonard play, and ever since we've been kind of doing plays on and off, but this is our first one, Philip, in a few years now. I think kind of we were interrupted like so many groups mm. with COVID, and kind yeah. of just got tired, I think, after a very, very intense run. I mean, when you do... When you spend six months doing a play like Someone Who'll Watch Over Me and then go on the following year and you do Geely Concert, there was a bit of a break, if you want to call it that, uh, yeah. in terms of the lighted nature of The Odd Couple, which I really enjoyed. Now, that was a real hoot. Um, and it wasn't quite as intense, but it was still really good. And all of those plays went the full distance. You know, we were getting to all Ireland's mm -hmm. and getting probably 15, 16 performance out of it, which is an awful lot. Um, so, you know, you definitely needed to recharge the batteries. And I think we've done so, Philip, this time around. Yeah, but also it's nice to think that the three, all four of us, the three actors and myself, were all part of the first production that Dad's brought on the road or on the circuit, and that was Philadelphia. Here I come, okay. where <laughs> myself and Ollie played Gar Public against Gar Private. So it's lovely to come back to Freel again. You okay, know? You must, uh, and in uh, your uh, short pants back then. That's it, more or less, but, uh, <laughs> no, maybe not quite. But seventeen or sorry, but the whole they're all the come flooding idea. back about Gar Public and Gar Private. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, those characters the are about seventeen or eighteen years of age, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But the device that he used in that play was quite revolutionary, at least to mm -hmm. me. 
and this you know the guard private emphasizing the personal interior world and that's very much a mark of free that you know mm-hmm. uh, he talks about delving into particular corners of yourself that's and uneasy and articulating the confusion and this it is often work runs through his work so it's lovely just to come back to him you know the the as i was the the, the it's running in in the McLally theater in in Galway next week the 22nd to the 26th um each night at at at, at eight o'clock and then after that as you said to use the word and and the terminology from uh, the amateur drama world you're out on the circuit and you're going out you're going all over the place well, we're going as far north as Portadown and we're far south as Castle Island in County Kerry. So that's fairly well covering the country, you know. Don't worry, I've been, I've been saving up my sterling for the last six months because we're in Iskillen as well and Strabane now, in up County Tyrone. Up to now, we've used a cattle trailer. But uh, this year right. we're breaking out and we're actually taking a van. It's, right. it's gone all fancy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, all right. we're looking forward to it. The only local one we have is Clare Galway. Uh, so we're right. looking forward to our appearance at the Clare Galway Drama Festival as well. So all of this is happening in the space of two weeks in, in March. So this yeah. is the, kind of the build-up to that. You know, so and this, this is one of the things. It's interesting that, that today being not only Valentine's Day, as I mentioned, but it's also Ash Wednesday. It's the start of Lent. And traditionally, the amateur drama um, circuit kicks off uh, in Lent because it was something um, going back years, going back probably to the 40s and 50s uh, it, it was something that people got involved in during Lent that's yes, exactly no? right. Yeah. No, no, you're bang on. And I think it, it, it got so popular and there were so many groups at it that they did formally make it a competition then, uh, in the early sixties. Mm-hmm. And it's very much prospered through that. So what they have in the drama circuit then is uh, an open section and a confined section. And that's really to do with the size of the groups and the size of the towns those groups are from. So, you know, an open circuit would, uh, the, the open would have, you know, larger groups from, from big towns mm-hmm. and, and the confined group then would have have, you know, groups from uh, from smaller towns and villages that, that just like going up in front of an adjudicator uh, and learning more about themselves. But and that's, us, that's the thing about it as well, is, is that the... And a lot of people who would maybe in, in, in Galway would be so used to going to a theatre show in Druid or the Town Hall or, you know, whether it's a locally produced production or a, or a, a touring one or something in the, art, in the arts festival or whatever. But the interesting thing about this is at the end of the night, after your two and a half hours of slugging your guts out and being uh, Francis Hardy and going through all that he has had to go through <laughs> and uh, the, all the graces he got to you then after a break of about 15 minutes a guy sits there and basically tells you how good or bad you were yeah, and gets up on stage first with his, uh, and it is a he and it is a she, of course. Uh, they're always dressed to the nines and they get up on stage and they pontificate to the audience what they thought about the play and mm-hmm. they unveil how, a bit like you, that they've seen this and they've seen it a hundred times and this was singularly the worst performance <laughs> ever or the best, <laughs> depending on, on who you get. And yeah. that's the, the beauty of yeah. subjectivity. Like, literally, we could come off their buzz and thinking, we've put on the best show ever. Mm. <laughs> Within 15 minutes, the legs are cut from under us by yeah. some lad up there who thought it was rubbish. And um, then probably uh, in sometime in the following week, you have to get back into the car, load up the cattle uh, uh, trailer, yeah. cattle trailer, and, yes. and, and go and slog it out somewhere <laughs> else on the other side just, of the country. Just to car- clarify as well, in case Keith from our agricultural show is listening in, there's no cattle in it. No, we've taken them out. So <laughs> no animals. It's just crops. Yeah. Okay. The um, I, I'm going to what the hell reminisce here, but way way 
way, way, way back when, uh, when I was, I was, uh, there used to be the Galway Drama Festival, which Junior Chamber Galway used to organise down at the Jesuit Hall. And uh, a long time ago, uh, 30-something years ago, uh, I was in a production when I was in Dramsock in, in UCG, as it still was, or as it was then, um, of a play. And uh, we, we went and we did it and we, there was the only way we went and we didn't go on the circuit and we, we, we did the, the, the production was The Elephant Man. And um, uh, the uh, the adjudicator was Morris O'Doherty, and people of a certain age would know who Morris O'Doherty was. He was a man who read who, who read the news. He was he was a newsreader with RTE on on television and radio, but he also was a, an adjudicator. The interesting thing that I discovered, and, and you look at it, I'm not speaking ill of the dead, but he liked to drink, so therefore there was a bottle. Um, that he, uh, when he went off to make his notes in the side room, in some uh, beside the jazz hall, uh, there was a bottle uh, there for him before he um, uh, to, to to gather his thoughts before he came back out to give his adjudication, uh, and that was the the, the Galway Drama F- Festival. I think from nineteen eighty one or two or thereabouts. Probably, probably 82, I think it was, actually. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be an unusual story now, as Philip uh, smiles beside me as well, because we've come across one or two who do like to imbibe as uh, they go along as well. As do we, as well, do we. Correct. Well, we love, I mean, for a while there, Philip couldn't not but pick a Murphy play that was set in a pub <laughs> or involved Mop and Porter. <laughs> and as... We'd as I remember the late great Melissa Stafford say about conversations on homecoming, you can try and fake it, lads, but it won't. Only, so it'll no have to be. It'll have to be proper pints of Guinness. Well, oh, it's to, all zero zero now. <laughs> Don't you be, worry. The best ever we did was when we did um, remember the Murphy one in the old pub back in the the twenties, the uh, Thief of a Christmas, mm. and I was the publican with a stammer. And back in the time, um, now they reckon it was. It, based on a pub that Murphy went to in Milltown but I tell this because Martin Silk was the, the lead character uh, Costello and it ended up bizarrely being a, laugh, a laughing competition between Costello oh, and right. Philip here yes. beside me who, Philip who played the stranger uh, and who had this kind of evil cackly laugh to try and take down this big beastly laugh of the local hero but I was the publican serving him Guinness at the time of course there was no taps there was no gas there was nothing and we had to be authentic about it so I was shoveling Guinness that had been poured into a bucket into a pint glass for Martin. Now, if you looked at this, Gary, it was horrific. And I don't know, are you a Guinness drinker? I am. Um, uh, probably if a big you are yellow a Guinness head drinker, in it. You'd take pride in it. Oh, no head at all. This was just black <laughs> treacle fired into a glass. And Martin had to throw four or five of these into him in the course of the play. And he'd look at me every time I put one in front of him with this. As the, all I could tell from the eyes was, I'm going to get you back someday. <laughs> Each glass was a challenge. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay. Listen, uh, but. The, part of the thing, and this is the, the part of the attraction. It's it's it, it it is popular, and it's a very strong circuit. And the, the you know the Dean Crow Hall in Athlone, which is where the All Ireland uh, Open um, competition, you know, kind of finals take place, and uh, later in the spring, the attraction of amateur drama for people like yourselves to be involved in it, to get involved in it. It really it is it is once you're you're hooked into it, you're hooked into it. Yeah, well, one of the things is we found down the years that the bigger the cast, the more you're thrown together with people that you would be very unlikely to meet in normal life. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that three or four months, you form uh, a fantastic bond. 
and the fun is just brilliant. And um, the crack with the backstage, you can imagine, Gary, mm-hmm. you know, the back, and like we'd have people that you think wouldn't have any notion or interest in drama, and they take such pride in what's going on, and we've had it over the years, for Lepore, you'd have, you'd have lads backstage taking notes and, and having a pint afterwards and conversing over mm-hmm. what the adjudicator said, and I think he was wrong there now. I thought that, I've, 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 I've never seen Ollie better than that particular are, moment. Are the, driver, the driver and his, his, his helper, they, as they drive from festival to festival, they would say, what scene will we do now? And they'd play out the entire <laughs> scene as they dri- drive along. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I mean, look, at you have to have fun yep. when you're doing these brilliant. things. It's, it's, uh, look, at it, it's, a, it's a real theatre-goer's play, I would say that, about yep. uh, Faith Healer. But you will certainly... Um, feel a lot of different emotions as you're as you're experiencing the play this is one of those now where if you're looking for in uh, you know two hours of belly laughs and a great old rollicking bit of an old at the Kaylee at the crossroads sort of a laugh this is not it no, it's it, a but it, real it, proper play it's a proper serious play with um these these completely enhanced in, in enchanting by by means they will enchant you. They will draw you in to to their 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 world. And I absolutely wish you the best of luck. Um, and um, and I know it's going to go well for you. You'll you'll do the, your tryouts in in Dunmore. They ex- except they're not. It's a it's it's a home crowd. Uh, you have to yeah, play in front. You have to play in front of the home crowd first before well, we you, like you go to the away fixtures. We like to think they're our most important crowd because mm-hmm. we the reason we put drama on in Dunmore in the first place was for the people of Dunmore, and that's where they're our greatest supporters. But uh, in this case, uh, through the, the three characters that freed, he weaves different tellings into of a shared life. Uh, through the storytelling, he proves that it's possible for a play uh, in monologue form is capable of all the dramatic impact of more conventional forms but only if you know you're a master of language which Freel is you mm-hmm. know, so fascinating play highly recommended Philip MacDonald director of Faith Theatre uh, Ollie Turner playing Francis Hardy uh, we wish you and Eleanor Sheridan and Martin Silk and the rest of the crew involved with Dads with the the Dunbar Amateur Dramatics uh, Society's production of Faith of the Absolute Best in Dunmore this weekend in uh, the McLally Theatre and you can book through the McLally Theatre uh, for next week uh, from the 22nd to the 26th of February and uh, before it'll come back around after it's it's uh, it's uh, throw a dart at uh, the map tour of Ireland, uh, but it will be back in Clare Galway at the uh, the 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 festival in Clare Galway along the way as well. Thank you so much for coming on with it tonight and for allowing us to interrupt your your rehearsals, Ollie and Philip. Thank you very much. We're going to take a break.